The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour With your hosts Joe Bob Ah, you're awful And A.J. Appleton Sin Shu Chu Mouthful Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, content manager at So Called Fantasy Experts and founder of FantasySixPack.net. Co-host on the line is AJ Applegarth. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? <sighs> Not a whole lot. I mean, went back to work first time in a few weeks since the baby was born, and I do not miss it. <laughs> yeah, I do, I, I do not miss being in the office. <laughs> Hopefully, nobody from work is listening. But uh, yeah, so tonight we are going to be doing, uh, you know, covering some of the headlines that came out of Week Five, going through the injuries, waiver wire pickups, free agent pickups, whatever you want to call them at this point. And then going through our typical best and worst game to to kind of pick on sleepers and busts for the week and uh, and all that sort of jazz. But wanted to start out here with some playoff baseball updates here. And, and I'll kind of let you run with this one because I'm guessing you're paying a little bit more attention to it than me because I'm not <laughs> – yeah, I mean, I'm. Uh, I, I haven't watched all of the games or anything like that, but uh, I, you know, and and the AL was over so quickly as it was, anyways. You know, I I didn't really have time to watch any of them, um, other than just see some of the highlights and whatnot. But I did uh, I did catch the Dodgers Nats game yesterday, and. Um, I mean, what a game, man! I, I I picked it up right into the the sixth inning, I guess it was, and they were talking about Kershaw and he was still in and how how he was pitching and you know how he got a little roughed up, I guess in the early innings, but then settled in and and started knocking it out and going, and um, you know he really really turned it on um, in the seventh there. Uh, or I'm sorry, in the sixth, but then when he came back out for the seventh, he kind of ended up getting beat around a little bit and, and gave up a couple hits and um, ended up loading the bases up, and uh, they pulled him. So, of course, once they pull him, you figure, well, the bullpen should be able to take care of it. You know, um, let's see what they can do here. And they this, the first guy in immediately beans uh, I, I believe it was worth, and then they they knocked a run in from that, uh, and then after that they pull him out, and then the next guy gives up a single to to Daniel Murphy, and the other two guys on base score. So all of those runs end up getting charged to Kershaw, which which hurts, but you know whatever he still pitched well uh, before that happened, I guess. So then Joe Blanton comes on and and. You know, I remember Blanton from game four of 
the 2008 World Series that I went to when Philly was playing Tampa Bay. And he pitched well, and he came in. He's, you know, pretty much relegated to reliever duty now. So he got a 1-2-3 inning. Um, and then, you know, bottom eight comes around. Dizers are up to the plate. They get two quick outs. Then the then their guy gets, uh, gets beamed. Ethier comes in to pitch hit for Blanton. Knocks a nice single to left field. And then, uh, you know, Tolls ends up on second. And then up, up comes another Philly boy, Chase Utley. Uh, and he just he just did what Utley used to do and, and still obviously is. And Mr. Clutch knocks a sharp single to right and Tolls comes around and scores. And next thing you know, Kenley Jansen's out and gets the save. So struck wow. out. Um, Struck out, uh, I believe it's uh, Stephen Drew and um, and Turner, and then he got Harper to ground out. So it was just a it was a, an exciting you know last couple innings of the game, and it just kind of goes back to what playoff baseball is all about in my mind. It's just the the drama that ensues. I mean, you could have a, a zero zero game, and then that one inning just blows up, and it's boom, there it is. So. You know, like I said, Cleveland and Toronto both swept in the AL. They're they're on their way to the NLCS starting Friday. Uh, Chicago eliminated the every even year San Francisco curse uh, yeah. last night yeah, in, in their own dramatic fashion uh, with a rally, and uh, Chapman got the save there. Um, and then LA and Washington are playing one more to uh, to see who goes on to play Chicago. Um, so they're playing tomorrow night, I believe at eight o'clock. So not sure if I'll end up being able to catch that game or not, but hopefully I can get some of it in and not really sure who I'm rooting for in that game. I mean, I'm not really rooting for any of these teams, honestly. I kind of feel like I I wouldn't mind seeing Cleveland make it, but I wouldn't mind seeing Toronto make it. They got a solid team and, I mean, I know they beat Toronto. they beat the Orioles, but I hate Toronto. It has nothing to do with the fact that they beat the Orioles. I <clears throat> I just dislike so many players on that team, mainly named Jose Bautista. I can't root for them. I'm rooting for the Cubs, man. Like, come on, let's just let them do it. You know, let's get rid oh, yeah. of this huge long curve. I, I, I'm let's all for them doing it. Um, you know, it'll be great. The city itself has won championships you know, since their complete drought, obviously. You know, the Blackhawks pretty much have owned well, hockey yeah, for the Blackhawks and the Bulls, a lot of the years. The Bulls used to, but not so much anymore. Um, no. The Bears, well, you know, they made it to a Super 85. Bowl a few years back. <laughs> the 85. The 85 Bears? Well, 85, yeah. I'm saying they made it back and then lost, lost no. to Indy. Oh, right, so, yeah. It was like 2003, two. I don't know when that was. No, it wasn't that long ago. It was what? seven or eight, I think. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't that long yeah, ago. Yeah, you're probably right. Might have been ten. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so yeah, yeah right. I think overall I I was kind of thinking San Fran had a good cho- chance to do it, um, but their their drought is now over. Had they not been playing Chicago in the first round, I think they would have probably ended up facing them in the the CS. But 
Now they uh, they get to pick between L.A. and Washington, and I'm not sure which one's going to be a tougher matchup for them. Uh, I just think they're they're all around the best team, and, and Rizzo hasn't really done anything in the playoffs so far. He got his first hit last night, I believe. So if he starts coming around, you know, that's just even more power to that team. So but that's enough about baseball. We can move into football. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll eventually get into it. I don't know. Like the the AL, like I don't know. Some of these games are on like really weird times, so I don't watch them right now. Um, I don't really have an excuse. I mean, I've been home all day for the last two three weeks, but I just I just forget they're on. It's not a priority for me right now. But anyway, yeah, go Cubbies. That's the way I say it. Anyway, man, uh, week five is in the books, and it was at least a little bit more back to normal than what we're used to. Uh, I feel like we had a lot less craziness than we did in week four. Um, I want to start off by bringing up the return of Tom Brady. I know we mentioned it last week, and you know we kind of predicted how things would turn out. Of course, we both predicted it would be good especially facing Cleveland, and it was. Um, what was kind of the unknown was who were going to be the role players with him to step up. And, and you know, it was, is Gronk going to be the one to step up? You know, he's been struggling the last couple of weeks. Is he going to be Martellus Bennett? Edelman's going to step up. That's good. What's going to happen to Blunt and James White and all those guys? And it, I think it was weird. Like, I think most people would have said, oh, Gronk, absolutely. Edelman, absolutely. Um, but it was actually the complete opposite. And you got Martellus Bennett who caught three touchdowns. Now, Gronk did get him in yards. Did they have the same number of catches? Who? Edelman and Gronk. Gronk yeah, they both had Edelman. five catches. Edelman had ten targets. Gronk no, 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 had no, Gronk, seven. Gronk, Gronk and... Um, oh, Bennett. Gronk um, and Bennett. I don't remember. No, uh, Bennett had him by one catch and one okay. target. Okay. But, yeah, he definitely lost out in yardage, but crushed him in touchdowns. Yeah. So, you know, of course, so, so, you know, we saw Bennett become, I don't know if you can really call him the more go-to guy, but he was the red zone guy. And that's a huge deal. Cause that's been Gronk for the last few years. Um, and then we actually saw Chris Hogan pass Edelman for yards. Now Edelman had more catches, but Hogan had way more yards, you know, 114 to 35. Neither one of them got in the end zone. Um, I think what is probably the most telling here is in something that you and I both brought up last week is the Garrett Blunt was a non-factor in this game. I mean, if it wasn't for his touchdown, he would have been absolutely off ma- off the map. He got – I'm trying to look up his numbers right now. I want to say it was only like 30 yards rushing. 37 yards Blount, rushing. Yeah. 
on, it's, it's I mean, on it's still eight. It was still 18 carries. Oh, I didn't see that. Sorry. Um, is it? I don't see his. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> I don't see his numbers for some reason. I see everybody else's. Oh, there it is. They're, he's, yeah, they're, they're in there. You don't have the two um, running backs together, so I missed it. Yeah, so no, he, you know, he yeah, got the touchdown, only 37 yards. Um, but James White is the one that really, you know, I think stepped up here. You know, he had – he only had five carries, and that's to be kind of expected. But he got four receptions for 63 yards. That is now two weeks in a row for him that he has gone above 50 yards and had four and five catches in both those weeks. I think we're going to see a couple more big weeks from White here because that's just the kind of offense that Tom Brady wants to run. And, you know, yeah. we see it time and time again. I have never wanted to own LeGarrette Blunt when Tom Brady is healthy because this is what happens. LeGarrette Blunt is just kind of a plotter when Tom Brady's in the offense. And, yeah, he's going to have good weeks, but he's, just, he's so much more unreliable at this point going forward. So... I don't know if you can still yeah. trade him in your leagues, but I think I would if if I was an owner of LeGarrette Blount. Yeah, I mean, I know there's there's plenty of people out there that are hurting at running back. Um, you know, one of the other things that we'll, we'll kind of delve into here a little bit later, but I can bring it up now too. But, I mean, we're seeing a lot of these, like, waiver ads and stuff that are going on the past couple weeks have been these injury replacement guys, Mm -hmm. but you know, it it, kind of goes along with this same theory of who can you trust on, on the Patriots now that Brady's back, but who who can you trust from these, you know, one week wonders, if you will, that you're picking up, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I I do like white. I I think he's going to start filling in and then you got Dion Lewis who technically can come back after this week because um, he's still listed on the pup list slash IR. So he's got to sit out the six, you know, first six games with that designation. Um, you know, so him coming back, depending on how healthy he is, you know, is he going to sully this whole thing up even more um, and, and make potentially Blount and, and white, you know, more, susceptible to bad games. Um, but, I mean, obviously we've seen what, what he's done in the past when when healthy and then when not healthy. So, you know, he's still kind of a wild card. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of kind of up and down stats. Like the Gronk yardage is, is awesome. And, you know, seven targets is usually pretty good, but – Mm-hmm. no touchdowns and three of them to Bennett. I don't know if, if Gronk was just not in on those plays or if he was just more of a decoy, if he's not a hundred percent healthy yet. Um, but I mean, with that much yardage, I kind of feel like he's got to be pretty healthy. He yeah. Just, I mean, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not wasn't by the any focus. Means saying, yeah, I'm not by any means saying like sit Gronk. I'm just saying like, we may not get the, you know, those consistent juggernaut weeks from Gronkowski like we're used to, uh, where, you know, multiple weeks in a row you're getting two touchdowns, 100 yards, six, seven catches. You know, like that's what Gronk did for a while there. 
And but with Bennett, you know, maybe it's going to go back to the days when it was him and Aaron Hernandez. And yeah, I think it will. Kind of got the you kind of got the back and forth where they were both good and they were both useful each week, but it was which one's going to go off this week. Yeah. Because it was very rarely both of them. It was kind of one or the other. And that's just how the game plan is drawn up. I mean, they both kind of did. I mean, they both kind of went off this week. I mean, you know, in a PPR league, you still got 15 points out of Gronk. You know, just yeah. Bennett obviously oh, yeah. destroyed him with almost 30. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Gronk's going to be fine going forward. It was just kind of an interesting thing to – to notice, you know, is some a trend to maybe keep an eye on. Um, I don't really know what to think though about the whole Edelman Hogan thing. I mean, was Edelman just covered more? Like, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't watch the game, so it's hard to say. You know what what it showed up on on the film, or if Edelman just had, you know. Uh, just didn't have the opportunities or maybe he was the, you know, the hot read and he was covered too much. So, you know, Brady went the other way. Um, I, I'm not really sure what happened. I mean, he there, he but still Hogan, had 10 targets. So I kind of think that oh, he had, he had a ton of targets. So it's, I think that he was definitely getting looked for and, you know, the ball was coming his way. He just didn't get five of them or, and, and I, I don't remember if it works how it works this way. I think it doesn't count, but if there's say there's a pass interference call on on an Edelman throw, um, you know, I guess he would still get the target, but he doesn't get that yardage because he didn't make the catch. No, he definitely um, doesn't or, get the yardage. Yeah, but I mean, even even if he does make the catch, and then I guess the play is negated, the penalty, sorry, is negated, so he would get it, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened if he just had tipped balls or if he was just not, you know, not getting good throws his way, but he was still targeted. Yeah, it's definitely something to to keep an eye on. I mean, I know he's also, you know, he's still he's still dealing with that foot injury himself, so maybe he wasn't quite 100%. Maybe he wasn't able to get to some balls that he usually can. Um you know, something just to kind of keep an eye on, but definitely Hogan gets right back on your fantasy radar. I know he was probably there after week one for sure. He got drafted in a lot of leagues, but he's been dropped in a lot of leagues too. Uh, so mm-hmm. he's definitely one to to make sure you snatch back up here. You know, only you know less than forty percent in in ESPN leagues right now. So if he's out there, I would definitely definitely pick him up. Moving on, though, one of the other kind of interesting tidbits from this weekend were, I don't know, you wrote it, you wrote it down here by no by you know big games by the no names. I wouldn't consider all well, of these guys no names, but I kind of no. I guess you could say, and I wouldn't either. Unexpected. I, yeah, and, and I just did it more for the for the sheer fact of rhyming it, but. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's definitely not no names, but it's guys, guys that we've probably mentioned and, and talked about a little bit, but not super in depth. Um, but I, I just kind of wanted to, to rip through them and, and, you know, just see what, what we think is of each one of these guys and, you know, real quick yeah, and, summary of what they and, did. And, bef- 
and before you rip through them, because I'll, I'll, um, I just want to say, like, I think these are guys that people had, you know, they knew their name. They may have even picked them up last week, but were you actually starting these guys? Maybe one or two of them. And when we go through them, I'll kind of say who I think those two are. But a lot of these guys were probably either on the bench or on your waiver wire still because it was just kind of like, eh, okay, we know they might get playing time, but it doesn't matter type of thing. Yeah. So I'll let you I'll let you take the lead here. Okay. Um, yeah, so the first guy is uh, Cameron Meredith. Uh, he, he had one random rush for six yards. Nothing, you know, to write <laughs> home about that. But he had nine catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown, and 12 targets. Now, I, I think we mentioned him last week, maybe. It was either him or the guy under him, the next guy I'm going to mention. But I, I, I think a lot of this production was a product of what Eddie Royal did last week. Like, well, two weeks ago, sorry. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey was hurt. You know, Kevin White was still kind of banged up, and he wasn't playing yet, and, and I don't believe he was considered fully out at that point. So Royal steps up and has a big game with Brian Hoyer. So this week it's Meredith, and he has a monster game, and Royal was a little bit banged up from what I read, you know, over the weekend. Um, I, I know he did play, but he wasn't really as big of a factor. Um, so – that's that's what I, I want to say about him. So we'll see if, you know, if he can we'll, – we'll say make or break, you know, whatever. Um, well, so the next guy, what I'll, what I'll, talk about what I'll him? Say, yeah, what, what I'll say about okay. that is Cameron Meredith had an enormous game. I mean, he got 12 targets. He caught nine of them, led the league and tar- – led the team in targets last week. Um Next best actually was Eddie Royal with nine. Uh, So even though Royal didn't have the big game, he caught seven for 43. Um, What I think is really interesting out of this is Alshon Jeffrey was actually fourth in targets behind Zach Miller, only catching five for 77. I mean, still a decent line, but he's yet to get into the end zone. And it's, I mean, at this point, like, I don't know what to think about Alshon Jeffrey. You know, I've been kind of waiting for the big game to come from him. But, um, you know, w- with a guy like Cameron Meredith, though, I want to get back to him. With a guy like Cameron Meredith, though, it's I, I kind of think this is, this is going to be a big outlier game for him. This is not going to happen on a regular basis for him. Um, yeah. So, Yes, make him a waiver wire pickup because you can't take the chance that it isn't an outlier game. Uh, if you've got some guys you can swap out, make him a waiver wire pickup. But I wouldn't go out there thinking, oh, I've just struck gold and gotten Cameron Meredith. Just take it easy. Eddie Royal's still there. Alshon's still there, even though he's struggling. Zach Miller's still there. So, you know, that that's how it's going to be, I think, for, for the most most of the weeks here. Yeah. I I don't think that, that this is going to be the norm either. Um, I mean, it's a great game and, and for the cost of what he was in DFS, 
you know, I saw a lot of guys that were up in the, the winning, um, the, the, the games that I played in or, you know, higher scores all had Meredith on their teams. And it's like, who is this guy? Like, how, what did you just pull this I out? And, with and now all of a sudden, $3,000. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's like the guy that you set your, what you feel is like the best lineup of all time. And you have that $3,000 left and a flex spot you still need to fill. And you're like, oh, crap, who am I going to get? Um, so he, he's kind of one of those guys. But, all right, so um, the next guy uh, I have here is Adam, I want to say, Thielen um, from Minnesota. He went seven for 127 and a touchdown. Uh, So very similar stats to Meredith. Um, Only had eight targets, so he basically caught all of his targets but one, so that's nice. Um, but, again, I, I feel like we may have mentioned him last week as a flyer waiver pickup uh, with Diggs getting injured um, mm-hmm. and him being kind of the go-to guy. And, you know, he stepped up and, and he played. And, you know, Sam Bradford is really making Minnesota look like geniuses right now for them, you know, going out and, and scooping him up from the Eagles. But, you know, he's just playing – decent quarterback and he's really thin on receiver. I feel like, I mean, the, the guys that we have there, Treadwell and, and, uh, Charles Johnson playing. Is, <laughs> isn't even playing. Um, you know, Diggs when healthy is obviously the go-to, but he was your sell high guy. So, you know, this could be this guy's time to shine. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, he's another one of these guys where it's, if you've got the room, pick him up, you know, at least for a couple of weeks while Diggs is still out. Of course, I think they're on bye this week, you know, mm-hmm. maybe while Diggs is out, if he's out past the bye, you know, Thielen's going to be the go-to guy here. Cause I mean, Charles Johnson's fine. Patterson looks like he's starting to be a little more involved with the offense. That's cool. Um, you know, Kyle Rudolph is starting to come back down the earth, which is what I expected. Then, you know, Thielen's fine. He's been decent even with even with Diggs there, but he hasn't been playable. But he's a guy that, you know, in a pinch, in a bye week, you know, you get a sudden rash of injuries. He'd be somebody that I'd be all right plugging in, especially in PPR leagues. You know, he's been catching four or five balls every week. So, you know, that's, that's kind of how I, I think about him. Yeah, I... I like the guy, but I still need to see more. I mean, I, I like the points that he put up, but again, it's one week. Um, I, I do like Minnesota's offense. Surprisingly, uh, I mean, their running game yeah, has been really shocking there, but it's not. You know, it's not doing a whole lot. Um, I mean, Asiata's got a touchdown the past two weeks. Not a lot of yards the first game, but I think he picked that up this week a little bit. I'm not really sure what McKinnick's been doing. McKinnon, sorry. I uh, haven't, haven't paid that much attention to it. But either way, so the next guy is usual. <laughs> yeah, so next guy, I'm actually going to skip the next guy I have listed and, and continue on with the receiver, hit my last receiver here. And this guy is definitely not, you know, what I would consider a no-name um, Jeremy Carley 
uh, San Fran wide receiver, had 14 targets, 14 targets, and he caught eight of them for 102 and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, this is back-to-back big games from this guy. He had he had an awesome game against uh, uh, who was it a couple weeks ago? I'm blanking on it now, but you know he's really come into his own and and he's kind of been um, you know Gabbert's safety net. Uh, Dallas against Dallas, he went six for eighty eight mm-hmm. touchdown. Um, you know, so he's topped the hundred yard mark for the first time. Um, you know, he's got a little bit tougher matchup going up to Baltimore. Uh, I'm sorry, Buffalo this week. But the the problem with him now is that Kaepernick is going to be starting. Um, yep. And that was one of the other things I, I don't think I listed on our sheet here to talk about, but I did want to mention it. Um, and we can go into that after this, you know, little segment here. But I, I don't know how that's going to affect him, if it's going to hurt him or help him or if he's going to maintain. I mean, they really don't have that many other options there. Uh, Vance McDonald is a decent tight end play, but he hasn't been healthy for the past few weeks. Nah. So, you know, he he's not helping out, you know, for, for fantasy teams or, or for the Niners, really. You know, this is a completely different team for Kaepernick to come into compared to you know, just a few years ago when he was a few plays out of, you know, probably winning a Super Bowl for San Fran uh, against Baltimore. Um, so I, I just don't know what to make of Kaepernick. You know, I mean, he's kind of fallen off as a as a NFL quarterback. He's fallen off as a fantasy quarterback. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, do you do you think him coming back helps or hurts Curly here? And I think and it absolutely looking at Curly. I think okay. So first question is, does Kaepernick help or hurt Curly? And the answer is hurts. Uh, Kaepernick's one of big the big issues for Kaepernick is like the short to mid passing game for him. He can absolutely just just launch the ball as far as he can. Like he's got a rocket of an arm, but he has no accuracy. Um, uh, he just, this, I think completely destroys Curly. Am I looking at Curly? Curly was on my waiver wire list this week, almost on every team. And but he was the last one. It was kind of like, well, there's nobody else left. Like I had a couple like bye week replacement players on my team, and it was like, well, I need to get rid of my second tight end or something like that, and might as well pick up somebody. And Jeremy Curley was there, but I didn't get him in any of my teams because he was the last one on my list. He's worth a flyer, sure. I mean, maybe it works out. Maybe him and Kaepernick have some chemistry that nobody's expecting. I mean, I've listened to numerous people, talked with numerous people about this, and everybody's kind of thinking the same way, like this is really bad. So, you know, but you're right. There is nobody else there. I mean, Torrey Smith is supposed to be good, but he's just not. And, I mean, I don't know. Everybody was in love with Torrey Smith to begin the season because of Chip Kelly and their offense is fast paced and whatever, but no, we've seen how that fails miserably in Philly. It, 
wasn't going to work for Torrey Smith, who wasn't very good and also had a very bad quarterback. So, yeah, that's that's kind of that's my take on on the whole 49er situation. Staying away. <laughs> but uh, awesome or not, but, I, I do like what he's what he's done, but I just don't know if I can trust him yet either. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens after this week, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really going to keep an eye on it. It's just nothing I'm going to like actively seek. And if I, you know, if I don't get him, I'm not going to be mad at all. So, yeah. All right. Well, the next two guys I have here, again, probably not falling into the, well, one of them I would say isn't necessarily falling into the no name range. The other guy is kind of a, you know, has been slash never was, but now is a surprise. Um, so that's uh, uh, Mr. We'll, we'll start with the last one. Mr. Cap, Cameron Artis Payne, had 18 rushes, 85 yards, and two touchdowns on, uh, on Monday night against Tampa Bay for what appears to be a very abysmal Carolina team. Um, you know, he didn't have any receptions or, or targets, so that's the one thing that kind of worries me. But, you know, he's he's looking at having Jonathan Stewart come back this week, potentially. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on Cap? Is, is he even worth an ad at this point? Yeah, I mean, it, look, if you're, if you're like me and you got some bi-week replacement players or you've got some of these other running backs that their guy's coming back healthy, um, Cap's one of those guys that I, I think could still – be involved uh, a little bit here and he's worth he's I, I think he's worth a a little bit of a pickup just because I, I don't really know what to expect from Stewart when he gets back um so yeah I I I did have him on my waiver list and I saw you got him in our league but again I don't I don't really know you know what to expect from Kaepernick or Kaepernick from Cameron's <laughs> pain going forward with John Stewart. I mean, it's a hamstring. I mean, those can just automatically, I mean, those can just real quick flare up on a player. We see it all the time. So, you know, people, players rush back from those and they're not ready. Cameron's pain right there. Um, but uh, the other thing you got to think about with him is he's kind of still splitting work a lot with, with Fozzie Whitaker and to where, you know, this game was more him. Fozzie Whitaker, I think, has outperformed him in the previous weeks. So it's it's kind of been back and forth between them. And they're both useful because they both get almost enough work that it that it you know, they can both be valuable players, but I don't think they're anything that you're gonna go all of a sudden win the league with. Yeah, no, I I I went after him just to try to help my running back depth, obviously. Um, and, and I'm glad I got him, but then I saw the news later today about Stewart coming back. And, you know, that definitely hurts initially. But like you said, we got to see what, what Stewart does. And he's had some injury history in the past. So I still think Cap's the better play long-term over Fozzie. Um, but well, we'll see. Maybe this jumps him off. Um, and then, uh, the last guy we got here is, 
Mr. Jacquiz Rogers. He's my my never was kind of surprised yeah. guy. I mean, Jesus, he was. I think he had six straight running plays to start that game, um, and, and then seven of of eight first eight plays were were runs. I mean, a guy racked up a hundred yards and. Uh, also had five catches for 28 yards on six targets, but 30 rushing attempts in that game. No touchdowns. Yeah. Had he had a touchdown, his his night would have been huge. But I mean, I just I don't. I'm not really buying into him because of Doug Martin potentially coming back after the bye. But right. you know, we'll talk about uh, Sims and his injury a little bit later. So, I mean, do you think he's even worth anything at this point? I mean, is Martin just going to come back and be the workhorse and this guy's just going to be a, a potential, you know, breather guy or third down guy? Yeah, I mean, I think the Sims injury definitely helps Jacquez Rogers. I think he could potentially take over as that, you know, Charles Sims type back in their system to where he was more of a passing down threat and a breather, you know, change of pace type of guy to Doug Martin. But this is Doug Martin's backfield. I mean, there's no doubt about it at this point. Um, Before it was, well, maybe Sims will take over and do well. And maybe they, you know, maybe they'll split carries more, but not anymore. Um, And you could almost tell that this was the case when they ran Jacquez Rogers 30 times in one game, he is not built to run the ball 30 times in a game it, for multiple games in a season. He will get hurt. Um, so that right there is, is a big red flag for me to say they don't expect Jacquez Rogers to be a long-term solution or a full-time solution for them. This is Doug Martin's backfield and they expect him back after the bye. That's, that's what I think is happening here. Yeah, I, I definitely think that this was a nice, you know, hey, this is going to be our game plan. We're going to try to try to see what we can make happen. And, and they made some good things happen, but that's a lot of attempts. I mean, you don't, yes. you don't see that many attempts for more than like maybe a handful of guys um, in in the season as it is. So, I don't see that going forward. Um, definitely not for him. I mean, even for Martin, when he comes back, I'd be surprised if he's up, you know, above 20, 26 carries in a game every week. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you there. It's, you know, you don't see 30 rushes in one game very often. So moving on, um, the the last kind of headline kind of leading into week six here and kind of into our injuries is Jamal Charles. And, you know, he returned the week before the bye. He didn't really do much. Now he's had the bye week to sit and rest a little bit more. You know, are are we kind of – are we expecting this to just turn back into the Jamal Charles show or are we still hesitant to use him? You know, what what are you thinking here? I know you're a, a big Jamal Charles fan. Huh. Me and Jamal 
have a, a, a love, hate, more hate relationship. Um, it, it was actually about this point last year that he got injured. Cause I believe I started five and O last year too. And, um, went absolutely downhill after that, mm-hmm. not blaming it completely on his injury, but that's what I've tended to do. Um, but yeah, I, I want to trust him. I, I think he's, he's obviously the best running back in that backfield when healthy, when everybody's healthy, but I just, I don't know if I can buy into him yet. Um, I mean, if if I could trade for him and try to bolster my backfield in hopes that he maintains his health, then I will. If you know, if it's the right offer, but I don't know. I I just I haven't haven't been able to to wrap my head around it yet as far as whether or not he's definitely gonna be the guy. That, that I yeah, I think want. it's going to be a couple more weeks of him being kind of just brought along slowly. But I kind of think the second half of the season, he's just going to take off and be the guy again. Um, but now is that kind of time where, you know, maybe maybe owners of him are thinking, you know, this is going to be the big week. This is going to be the big week. So maybe after this week when he kind of disappoints again, maybe that's when you pounce on the Jamal Charles owner. You say, all right, I'll give you this, you know, kind of mediocre guy who's had a couple big games in a row for your Jamal Charles, something like that, and just see if the guy's set up. You know, he's held on to him for six weeks. He's got nothing out of him. He wants to move on from him. That's going to happen in a lot of leagues. But I, I think Jamal Charles is going to be that guy that at the end of the year we're going to go, everybody who drafted Jamal Charles won their leagues, you know, if they got into the playoffs because he just destroyed it. And you obviously got him late enough in drafts that it didn't matter. Yeah. Well, I think that's the biggest thing with him. He, because of last year's injury and it being the second one and nobody knowing whether or not they could trust him, for obviously good reason because he's missed the majority of this season. It's not all of the season. I think he played last week was his first game back, but, um, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I think that he's going to be, um, I think he's going to be good, but I, I'm, I'm still playing the wait and see approach but I, I think he could definitely be the best value in the draft. If you were able to get through this point, kind of like the Patriots in the NFL without Brady for the first four weeks. And, you know, now you're coming off a bye week. You've got a little bit more rest. You know, I think this is really the time for them to try to let him loose. I don't know if he's physically ready for it, but he could definitely be the best value of the draft. Yeah. Um, so moving on to our injuries here, you know, we got a lot of them here, so we'll just kind of hit on them as, as quick as possible. Cam Newton, a couple of quarterbacks here. Cam Newton and Carson Palmer both were concussed last week and and uh, did not play. 
but both look like they're going to be cleared to play. Uh, Palmer already has, and Cam Newton has not been yet, but he's you know he's getting some work in. It looks like looking like things are in his favor. A um, few running backs here. Eddie Lacy, he had an ankle injury that held him out the last part of the the game this week. He is supposedly okay. Um, I think he got a, a very, very limited practice in this today. Um, the one interesting one is, you know, everybody was all over James Starks. You know, go get James Starks, go get James Starks. Um, but now they're saying that James Starks may actually not play, and it's going to be Eddie Lacy who plays. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of down on both of these guys now because actually Dallas's run defense is pretty good. Um, so <clears throat> that that's not great there. Uh, Theo Riddick, he didn't practice today, an ankle issue. Um, yeah, big, big, big game from him last week. And uh, that, that'd be a pretty big blow to the Lions who are already dealing with a ton of running back injuries. Um, obviously, Abdullah hurt. Dwayne Washington's been hurt, although he's kind of questionable to come back. Now Riddick, I mean, hey, they signed Justin Forsett. Maybe you go get him. <laughs> but uh, what a mess. What a mess. Uh, Jeremy Hill, he's got a shoulder issue. He appears to be fine, though. But, um, you know, Gio Bernard <clears throat> took over most of the workload last week. And if Jeremy Hill does miss this week, you know, Gio Bernard is absolutely a number two running back in you know, in all, in all leagues, and he should be a must start. Um, we've mentioned Charles Sims. He's on the IR now. He can be dropped. He's done. Um, and Latavius Murray, he's still dealing with that toe injury, and he's still not practicing. So keep an eye out for that. You know, they were talking about maybe him coming back this week, and uh, but it does. It's not looking good for for Latavius Murray. So you know, keep those. Uh, Keep the Dwayne, not the Dwayne, the DeAndre Washington and, and Jalen Jalen Richards uh, plays going here. You know, don't don't go, don't drop them. Yeah, so that's I it for would, running backs. Still definitely hold on to those guys. Yeah, we already talked about Sims. Um, so uh, receivers here that we got. Uh, Eric Decker, we mentioned last week, uh, he was still kind of questionable coming into this week, but as of today, he is now uh, going forward with a season-ending surgery on his uh, rotator cuff um, shoulder injury. So he's hitting the IR. He's out um, for good. He's safe to drop at this point, um, if you haven't already. Uh, Next guy we got lined up, well, next couple of guys, um, a couple of Baltimore receivers, Mike Wallace and Steve Smith Sr. Uh, Wallace is uh, or was limited in practice today due to a uh, a chest slash rib injury. They're calling it. Um, he's saying he should be fine to play on Sunday, though. So it sounds like you know it's more of a maintenance thing right now for him. Um, Steve Smith, on the other hand, suffered a uh, an ankle injury in the game last Sunday against Washington. And um, he didn't practice today at all. And for whatever reason, Baltimore is is really keeping this one 
close to the vest. Um, they the are. severity and, and status of this injury has is, is not been updated yet. Um, I, you would think that today would be the day that it would, um, with it being like the opening injury report day. But keep an eye on that. I, I'm not thinking he's playing. I'm worried that this might have something to do um, with, uh, you know, with the Achilles injury that he suffered last year. I'm hoping that's not the case, um, but it is something to keep in mind. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens with that. Keep an eye on that this week. Um, if you were, you know, looking to potentially play him or as a bye week fill in or um, – you know, maybe even a DFS guy like like I did last week and got burned. So thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, um, I think a bunch of people were were hoping for that. He still hasn't hit yeah. his thousand yards reception, his thousand receptions. So, you know, he's dying to get out there. He's twelve away. So, hopefully, it's yeah. not, you know, anything with the Achilles. That'd be that'd be pretty bad news for him. I'd I'd feel really really bad. I don't know if he could come back another year from another Achilles injury or something like that. You know. No, but, I, I don't know. I mean, he he's a machine, so we'll see. But, he is. He um, is. But ton of ton of other guys that that we don't have on the sheet here. I just feel like since it's Wednesday, everybody pops up as injured. Why well, um, everybody's questionable well, now? It's stupid. Well, yeah, it's it's annoying. So this list is all slew of questionable pe- questionable people. Um, Julio Jones is still dealing with his knee and shin issues. He didn't partake in practice today. Um, T.Y. Hilton didn't practice today due to a hip injury. A.J. Green was out of practice today because of a calf. Um, Sammy Coates didn't practice today because of a finger. Um, He was spotted today with what they're calling a sizable soft cast on his left hand. So. Um, he's got seven Damn. stitches on his hand on Sunday, apparently. So we'll see. Wow, uh, I, I think one. he's he's still, uh, you know, expected to, to suit up and play. But keep an eye on that for sure. William Fuller uh, was limited today due to hamstring. Um, you know, Eddie Royal, who we already talked about, uh, didn't take part in practice today because of a calf injury. And Stefan Diggs, who we already talked about, is not practicing. Uh, yesterday he didn't practice because of a groin, but they're on the bye this week. So um, I, I would think that he's still got a pretty good shot to come back and play um, the following week against um, Philly. So that's all I got on injuries. Yeah, the last one I want to bring up, and it's actually kind of – not an injury, but injury-related, I guess, is, is Arian Foster looks like he's going to be back this week. So everybody, another one of those waiver-wire guys that people went out and grabbed, finally believing in somebody in Miami was Jay Ajayi. And it uh, looks like Foster's going to be back and ruin that pretty quick. So, um, you know, maybe hold on to Ajayi because we know Foster's always hurt. Um, but it looks like this is going to be Foster's backfield once again. Um, yeah. Speaking of pickups here, you know we 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 already talked about Cameron Artis Payne, Cameron Meredith, Jeremy Curley, and James Starks. Um, although James Starks may not be the the hot pickup that we thought he was. A um, <laughs> couple other guys here that that we've written down is uh, is Jesse James, the tight end from Pittsburgh. You know he's 
he hasn't been, you know, awesome by any means, but he's but he's been solid. You know, he's been usable. Um, you know, you can definitely win win with him. Uh, the only note I have with him is that it looks like Ladarius Green is practicing again, and you know he's eligible to come back after week seven, or maybe even in week seven. And uh, so maybe that kind of halts the Jesse James train uh, pretty quick. Um, another guy here is uh, Devontae Booker out of Denver. He's been getting more and more of the percentage of the carries in Denver there. And CJ Anderson has really slowed down from his hot couple first weeks that he had. And, you know, a lot of people called it earlier in the year, like eventually Booker was going to take over this backfield. I wouldn't go as far to say that that's happened or it's going to happen, but Booker is definitely, I think one of those, if you've got the room to stash a running back, Booker is kind of one of those guys that, you know, get him now before he becomes that hot waiver wire guy and you have to fight everybody for him. Um, and then just because you mentioned Mike Wallace to Steve Smith above, I quickly wrote down here, you know, go pick up Brashad Perryman and Kamar Aiken, I think, in that order uh, to to replace those guys if, you, if you're struggling at the wide receiver position. Uh, I'm not dropping Smith or Wallace for them, but if you've got you know, somebody else you can drop, you know, if you desperately need some uh, receiver help, especially in DFS, like Perryman and Aiken are going to be cheap. So maybe you can slide in them into your lineup and get some production that you normally wouldn't from them. For, for really, really cheap. <clears throat> yeah, I, I like those two guys. I'm hoping if, you know, if one or both of them are out, that, you know, hopefully that picks up Dennis Pitta's uh, stats and stuff for that for that game against the Giants this week. But um, let's go ahead and, uh, and jump into our week six predictions here. Um, we'll go with our best and worst fantasy games. I'll go ahead and start with my best game. I, I kind of went back and forth on this game a little bit. Uh, there was a, there's a handful of games I actually liked here, but the one I finally settled on is uh, Kansas City at Oakland. Uh, I think this is going to be a, a high-scoring game. Um, you know, Andy Reid, and I don't know if he carried this tradition on to Kansas City or not, haven't followed them as much since he's been there, but he never lost a game on the the game after his bye week when he was in Philly. And and that's a very impressive streak to have. Um, so I, I'm actually picking Oakland to win this game with a little bit of trepidation, but more because KC is has lost on the road, I think, both of their games. So I I do think this is going to be a high-scoring game, though. Kansas City's defense has been good, but they've also been very bad, um, Reed Pittsburgh. So I think they can definitely be scored on, um, and we know Oakland can be scored on. So that's my best game. Uh, worst game... I'm I'm going to let it ride all the way to the Monday night game. Uh, and this is more if Palmer, for some reason, doesn't play or doesn't play well. 
Um, I, I just I, I'm still kind of worried about him with his injured past and and uh, you know the receivers there. Fitz had a great game last week, but he's seemingly the only one. Well, David Johnson did, of course, but he does every week, so that's to be expected. But um, you know, and the the Jets, Arizona still has a good defense. They've been bad the past couple weeks, so I don't know what that's more, uh, you know, a result of, but I just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm still not really trusting the Jets offense right now. Forte has been disappointing the past few weeks. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have Decker anymore. Um, so that, that, you know, opens the door for Inunua, in, in I believe. Inunua. Yeah, I think. Inunua, yeah. So, you know, he, he could be another potential waiver pickup if he's out there still. I don't know if he is, though. I feel like yeah, he's I don't know if he is. Majority he was picked up pretty, pretty, pretty early after he blew up the, you know, not blew up, but he yeah. had a couple solid games early. Um, yeah. Yeah, 54% of leagues. Oh, yeah, he could, he could potentially be out there in a lot of leagues. But I kind of like the Arizona side of that game, actually, though. Like, I think I think it could be like a one-sided type of game where Arizona really blows up. Um, yeah. The Jets defense is far from good this year. Uh, it's it's just not the same. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the Jets are going to get shut down. They've been, they've been really struggling outside of Brandon Marshall. So, um, my best my best fantasy game is going to be Carolina, New Orleans. And, and it's kind of weird. I was looking up like the, the over unders on all these games and this one actually doesn't have an over under. And I kind of think it's because Cam Newton isn't uh, announced to play yet. And they're probably still waiting for the Jonathan Stewart injury to be formally announced. But um, I'm expecting at least Cam Newton to play. Um, And of course we all know New Orleans can just, score 40 at every, every game. So, um, you know, you already said it. Carolina's defense is not what it was last year. New Orleans isn't good. Both offenses can be good. So hopefully we don't get a, a New York Giants in New Orleans game and we get a real New Orleans game and it's going to be like 42 to 48 or something like that, and which is kind of what I'm expecting. So uh, that that's a, that's a big that's a big game to target in, in fantasy for me. Uh, the worst game to me is going to be the giants in Baltimore. Um, you know, the ball, the, the Ravens defense is, is okay. Um, it's been stingier than I thought it would be, but it's still not great. Uh, the giants is better, but it's still not great either. And, you know, they're kind of struggling on in the secondary, but, mentioned Baltimore is going to be missing a couple of their receivers potentially. So they kind of even to back out. Um, I kind of see like a, like a 17, 13 type of game here where, or, you know, maybe even something weirder where you're going to get like, you know, 18 points. This is going to be like a bunch of field goals and piss everybody off. So I'm not really going after this game at all, except for maybe some salary relief in DFS with like a Kamar Aiken or a Brashad Brashad Perryman. Yeah, I I really weighed putting this game in as my worst game as well. Um, I mean, Baltimore just fired their offensive coordinator and Mark Tressman, so yes. they're going to be learning a whole new playbook at this point. Well, they won't be learning. Uh, 
You don't well, learn a brand new, new playbook, but, but it's yeah. gonna be. But Mar- Marty Morningwag is is stepping in now, so I think it's gonna be a different look offense, but it might be more of an abbreviated version of what they're gonna, you know, put forward here. Um, I would expect the running game to pick up a little bit, but who knows? Who knows what what's going to happen there? So, all right, let's go on with our sleepers and busts here. Um, my quarterback sleeper, and again, I'm going back to my, my best fantasy game. I'm going with Alex Smith here. I mean, Oakland's defense has been bad against opposing quarterbacks. And, you know, they, they've just given up a ton of points to the opposing team. So I think this is going to be a high-scoring game again. I think Alex Smith could easily have three touchdowns. You know, Macklin could probably have two of them, one to Kelsey. Um, you know, I, I just really like Smith in this game. I think he's going to be, you know, fairly cheap in DFS. Um, if you're looking for, you know, one of those five to $6,000 kind of guys, that could be him. Um, I haven't looked at it yet this week to see where he's at exactly, but, you know, he's the guy kind of guy with this matchup that you could go and spend a little bit of money on and then pump up more money into your, you know, skill positions. Um, another guy that we talked about already, I really like James White this week. Uh, as my running back sleeper, he's already shown that, you know, he, he's capable in the passing game. I don't expect a lot out of him rushing wise, um, you know, unless something happens to Blount, but I, I don't think that's going to happen necessarily. So I just think he's going to, he could easily eclipse, you know, uh, seven, eight catches this week for, another, you know, maybe 60 to 80 yards if he breaks one off. So I really like White this week. Um, My receiver, sticking with that same team and that same matchup, a guy we already talked about, Chris Hogan. Um, I think he could come up big again and, uh, you know, maybe not get 100 yards for you, but I think he's going to get some yardage racked up, uh, especially if Edelman's still hobbled. Um, you know, Brady obviously likes to pass it around and, and use all his options. I think this is going to be another big game for him uh, coming back. He, he's on his mission again. He's got to prove to the world that he doesn't have, you know, deflated balls. Um, so he could have a big game himself. But uh, I, I think Hogan could step up here. Yeah, yeah, I, I like all of them. I think James White was mine last week, <laughs> but if not, it was it, no, no, no. I went the other way. I said Blunt was my was my bus. So yeah, uh, semi right. I mean, he scored, but whatever. Uh, anyway, my sleeper quarterback is Tyrod Taylor uh, going against the Forty ers I mean, the Forty ers are, are one of those teams where you look at it and they're like right in the middle of the pack against points against for quarterbacks. But you got to remember, they faced Case Keenum in week one when L.A. had like didn't even look like a football team. Um, and then they faced uh, Arizona this past week when Carson Palmer was hurt. So they've had two basically bye weeks with quarterbacks. 
Um, the other weeks they've they've allowed a pretty good number of points to the opposing quarterback, uh, and I, and I think Tyrod can can easily do the same. That offense is is starting to get rolling after a, a couple of rough weeks, and um, even without Sammy Watkins, they, they seem to just figure things out. They're not great, but they're they're good enough. Um, my running back is kind of an interesting one. I kind of wanted to go James White here, so I didn't. I went somewhere else. Um, my sleeper is going to be Dwayne Washington from Detroit if he plays. I even wrote this down before I knew that Theo Riddick was dealing with an injury. Um, so, But it, it, it's all pending him playing. Dwayne Washington needs to get on the field. If he doesn't, then I'm going to go with Jalen Richard. Uh, I, I don't expect Murray to play. And everybody, you know, is still pretty high up on DeAndre Washington from Oakland. But I think Jalen Richard, you know, he he outperformed him last week. He's outperformed him in, in other weeks. I think Jalen Richard is just, you know, the uh, kind of the the second back there that is potentially better than than Washington, who's getting the bulk of the work there. And then my receiver is going to be uh, Victor Cruz. Um, you know, going against Baltimore, you know, I, I know I called it like the, the, the low week, but somebody I think has got to score and, and why not Victor Cruz, who is ranked really, really low in rankings. Uh, I think he could kind of sleep and, you know, surprise people this week against a Baltimore secondary that is 23rd against opposing receivers and not looking that great. You know, that was even counting that high win game last week against Washington. They still got beat up pretty bad in the secondary. And so I, I think Eli could be in for a bit of a bounce back at home against his Ravens secondary and, and, and Victor Cruz could be doing the salsa dance in the end zone. Yeah. I, I like, uh, I like Cruz this week too. He was one of my potential picks picks for the, uh, the sleeper as well. Um, Going on to the I know Richard here. would enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> um, Big main crush on Victor Cruz there from Richard. <laughs> going on to my my busts here, I'm going to go ahead and and go with uh, Andrew Luck as my quarterback. Um, I I was debating on using your pick, but um, I, I used him last week, so I didn't want to have him two weeks in a row. And he definitely surprised me last week, but um, I, I don't know. Just something with Indy. I, I don't think that Luck is the same guy that we saw a couple years ago. Um, you know, their defense is just bad. They they're, have a rash of injuries. They're just plain bad. And you know, he's got a. They've got like a historically oh, well, bad offensive line, and Andrew Luck's yeah. running for his life. <laughs> yeah, I was watching um, NFL Live, I believe it was today, at lunch, and they were talking about um, the GM and how he said that the the Andrew Luck contract is why they couldn't go out and get better players to help out on the defensive side of the ball. And it's like, you're the GM. You went and helped approve this contract, so you're the one to blame for that. So I, I don't. It's you also whole, drafted Philip Dorsett in the first round yeah. two years ago, 
instead of when you had Moncrief and T. Y. Hilton and you could have gotten offensive line help or cornerback help or safety help or yeah. anything else that you needed on that team besides a wide receiver, which you clearly did not need. Yeah. So yeah. The, the maybe front office GM there needs to get kicked out the door. Yeah. I, I think he does. Um and, and you know, and, and Ursay is not not great either. So no. That the team in general is in disarray, and and I don't think Luck is necessarily to blame, but you know he's got a tough divisional matchup against Houston. They still have a solid defense even without Watt, so I, I just don't like him this week. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Mr. C.J. Anderson in Denver for my running back bust. Um, we already talked about. Um, Booker as potential pickup seems like he's getting more and more of the workload coming his way and Anderson's just kind of falling off I mean he started off kind of hot but he he just has trended down every week Mm -hmm. since so you know which Anderson is is the one that's going to be the running back there is it going to be the guy that we saw blow up two years ago at the end of the season or is it going to be the extreme disappointment that we had last season after he was drafted as a first round or second round pick? Um, so, you know, I, I like Anderson. I just think that he's going to start, you know, giving way to, to Booker here. So he's my, my bust this week. And Marvin Jones is my receiver bust. Um I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just still pissed off that Detroit beat the Eagles, so that's why I'm looking <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Don't worry, you're about to get two two losses in a row there. Um, uh-huh. uh, you see it. what I'm doing? I huh? doubt it. Okay. Okay. Please. Um. Anyway, my bust. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you there on the Detroit thing though. My bust is actually going to be Stafford. Uh, I'm, I'm not really feeling feeling him this week. You know he's been kind of up and down. The passing game isn't you know really working too well for them right now. Um, it just seems like after the first couple of weeks when teams weren't really sure what they were going to be doing. And Jones, you know, kind of had those two, you know, especially that one big breakout game. Um, you know, it's kind of been slow going. You know, it looked like maybe he's going to get back on track last week. He had three touchdowns, 100 and some yards in the first half, and then nothing in the second half. It was really weird. It was like, did did you guys just decide to stop playing football? Um, but, you know, going against the Rams – that's kind of their thing. Like they're good against the pass, they're bad against the run. So I'm not really feeling a, a big, a big game from uh, from Stafford in that passing game right now. Um, my bust is actually going to be, and I feel like I've put him on here a couple of times and been wrong every single time. But I'm going to go back to Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he has a, a quite possibly one of the worst matchups that you can imagine. I don't think I've ever seen a run defense be this good into a season. Um, 
Green Bay Packers have allowed, on average, two yards per rush. That's crazy good. So I know Ezekiel Elliott and the Dallas line is really good and they can beat anybody. You know, I don't think he's going to be two yards at average per rush, but I don't think we're going to get, you know, the number one, number two, number three running back of the week from Elliott. I'm still starting him this week in season-long leagues because you probably don't have anybody else, but you may want to taper expectations in DFS and things like that from him. Um, And then going forward, uh, for my wide receiver here, I've got A.J. Green. Now, I love A.J. Green, and I think he's pretty much the only target there for the Cincinnati offense. But we've already seen up and downs from A.J. Green all season long. And now that's, that's to be expected when you're the only guy in town sometimes. Um, but especially this week going against the Patriots, who are known for taking out a team's best weapon. And one of the, one of the writers over on Fantasy Six Pack – um, Tyler Thompson actually found a fantastic article over on um, 444.com about does the Patriots defense really shut down the top option? And the answer is yes. Um, you know, occasionally Antonio Brown will have a big game or something like that, but um, for the most part, the top option against the Patriots defense is completely wiped out. And they do next to nothing. So be very, very careful with A.J. Green this week. Um, I am going nowhere near him in DFS. And I've already knocked him down to, like, wide receiver two territory in my rankings. Yeah, solid picks. Like I said, I had Stafford last week. And I I really wanted to pick him again this week. Um, I, I just don't see him putting up. You know, his yardage wasn't really that impressive last week. It was really no. Like I said, it was all in the first half. It was weird. So everything was you in the know, first half. It, yeah. So I, I just don't. I don't think he's. You know, he's not going to have a good game again. Um, but uh, yeah, we can go ahead and move on here and close out with our our Twitter question. Yep. Um, absolutely. Let's get this done. So, this week we've got two Twitter questions. One comes from, where did it go? Um, From at Super12Joe. And it's a half point PPR. Would you trade Matt Ryan, Odell Beckham, and Forte for Lamar Miller and Jordy Nelson? He owns Tom Brady. So clearly doesn't need Matt Ryan trying to sell him high. Um, Although Beckham, I think he's probably fed up with him. I don't blame him. Forte, eh. I mean, he is what it is what it is with him. Um, yeah, to I mean, me, like I said earlier, I'm not, I'm not too big on him anymore. Do you want me to answer first or do you want to answer first? Uh, I'm not doing it personally. Um, even with owning Brady, Brady's obviously better than Matt Bryan. Uh, Miller, I think, is 
is the over on Forte. Um, Barely. <laughs> but the receivers, I mean, not really right now with what he's shown. I think potential-wise, you know, if if Houston can start working some play action and Osweiler can not be getting hit. Osweiler is trash. They need to get rid of him. Yeah. God, oh, they can't. They're paying him thirty-seven million dollars. So how much is that? Thirty-seven. That's the guaranteed amount. Thirty-seven. I, I forget you what the total it. contract amount is. So I, I'm not doing it personally. I, I think Forte can rebound. I mean, I, I think he's had a couple down weeks, and and I'm kind of fed up with him right now. But I think he's still overall got a, a chance to rebound and, and Beckham as long as he gets his freaking head straight he's going to be a monster I mean Nelson's been awesome so far but even last week he, he I mean he got his touchdown but you know that really saved his week you know so my answer to him because I answer these on Twitter sometimes before I get to him on the show my answer to, to him was I don't mind it but I don't love it um, I see what he's trying to do. He's trying to sell high on Matt Ryan. He's trying to get move on from Odell Beckham. And he's trying to make what on paper looks like an upgrade from Forte to Miller. Um, I said, I would like to get maybe a better running back in, in return for this. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the move of Odell Beckham to Nelson at all. Like I, I think actually think no. he may more, he, he that may work out in his favor there. Um, I don't yeah. even really mind the Forte to Miller move. Um, if it was just Odell Beckham and Forte for Miller and Nelson, I'd say do it. Um, but yeah. you're giving I, also I, I think Matt you're giving Ryan. I feel money. like you should be able to get a little bit more out of it. If you just want to do it because this is the only deal you've gotten and you want to do something, I'm fine. But I think you can get more is what I'm is what I told him. So the last question we have here is from uh, where is he on here? At D Hodge three four three four, and his question is: rest of the season, Bilal Powell or Duke Johnson? Uh, I I mean I I was initially when I first read this I was leaning towards Duke, but I I do like Powell. He's shown that he can be dependable and he's, you know, I think he's more worthwhile in a PPR league. Well, no, not really. I think it's only a half, but no, not really. But it is only, I think it is only a half PPR. Yeah. That's been some questions before. I mean, Johnson, Johnson's still decent in PPR. I feel like, especially if Cleveland gets down big, but I, I, I like Powell more because of, you know, the potential for Forte to get injured. I mean, he's the obvious handcuff there. Um, yeah, I'm going to lean on Powell. I actually like Duke Johnson a little more. Uh, I think we're going to see the the demise of Crowell eventually. And, and you know, that's just going to be more room for Duke Johnson to, to open up here. Um, you know, we've we've seen Duke Johnson get a little bit better the last couple of weeks already, so I just think we're going to see that continue. And the Browns are going to be chasing from behind a lot of games, so that's 
right there in the wheelhouse of Duke Johnson, you know, coming out of the backfield, catching passes, they're lacking in receiving threats. So that's just another reason to like him. But it it was close. It was close for me. And not, you know, it wasn't a slam dunk answer by any means, but that's what I went with. Anyway, man, that is all I've got for the show. You got anything else? Uh no, I think I'm uh, I think I'm good. All right, man. Well, good show. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. Good luck in week six. Hit us up on Twitter at Fantasy Six Pack and at AJ. I man, I'm terrible with your name. It's way You're too long. You guys are Apple Algar. It's not yeah, too it's long. long. It's my last name and Algar. Whatever. <laughs> Doesn't make any damn sense. Anyway, well, I'm sorry that my last name is so horrible. <laughs> Let me just change it. <laughs> it is. <laughs> anyway, um, Applegar's hmm. Algar. I don't know. Is, Actually, is it, I do have. I do have one more thing. I meant to mention it earlier, uh, but since I missed the uh, the intro uh, for tonight, I, I forgot about it until just now. So. My my intro, how I fumble on Sin Shu Chu, is uh, was was brought to light again by uh, our local ninety eight rock sports guy, Mr. Keith Mills. Uh, shout out Keith Mills. Shout out ninety eight rock. Um, I'm sure they're listening. He was fumbling <laughs> on his name. The uh, the other day, then they were talking about the playoffs. I guess Texas versus versus uh, Toronto, and he was he did the exact same thing. He was, and I don't think <laughs> he funny. actually got it at the end of it. He just totally botched it. Was like since you since you whatever it was, and it was, it was hilarious. I meant to tell you about that the other day, but uh, no, I figured I'd save it for tonight. Yeah, so that I'm is not the only one. I know, but I'm still gonna make fun of you, just like you make fun of me for uh, calling what's I forget the guy's name. I messed up now. I did. It's so stupid. I messed it up. But you keep making fun of me for it. <laughs> Jason Zimmerman, dude. Jason yes, Zimmerman. Thank you. Hello. Yes, thank you. Star. Yep. Star of the Detroit pitching staff this year. Yep, absolutely, man. Yeah, he was <laughs> terrible. Anyway, we're going to close up. Everybody have a good week. Catch us next week, same time, same place. See you. All right, have a good one.